and welcome in to another Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller with you, coming remotely again from a little cabin in the woods. You know, this coronavirus thing has had us all pinned up, and I mean, you get to a point where enough was enough, and I love how when you trust the universe, it just shows you exactly what you need at the right time. I had a big astrology reading project that I needed to get completed, and I found just by putting the intention out there to find a really soul-reviving place to come lock up for a couple of days and work on this reading where I could just focus on it, but in a place of good energy. Well, the universe answered, and I found way more than I expected. I am at the Ponderosita Ranch in Leander, Texas, and sitting here talking to Kelly Jones, who is the owner and has a very unique job. I don't think it's a job. It's a passion of horse therapy. Have you ever heard of connecting with a horse? Why would you want to? And what do you get when you do? I just had it happen, and it is like amazing. So, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good morning. And good morning to you. And it is a beautiful morning in Central Texas. We are sitting out here on her beautiful patio just talking about how she acquired this place. And I just got the tour, and I just said, Kelly, would you mind if um, if we did a little interview. So how did you come to acquire the this acreage and, and this what has turned into this amazing gift that you're giving back to the world? Well, in the late 90s, my husband and I bought a horse and we were boarding it off site and we decided that we may as well find a place to keep our horse with us. And so we started searching in this area because we liked the Austin area and we gave up. We couldn't find anything that we liked. And then one day, the realtor that we'd been working with called us and said, you have got to go out to this place. It is a jewel, a diamond in the rough. Please come out today. So it just so happened that my father was in town from Colorado, and he and I came out to see this property. And at the time, it was overgrown, and you really couldn't see how incredible the trees are like you can today. But we walked around, and we walked, and we walked, and we couldn't believe that this was uh, available, that someone was willing to part with it. And so I went home, we had a discussion, and we made an offer on it, along with 10 other people. Oh, my goodness. Back in 1999, before the Hill Country had turned into what it is. And uh, they interviewed three families to determine which one they were going to sell this ranch to. And we got the the lucky chip. They agreed to allow us to purchase it. And the only promise was that we would put a fence around the pool because at the time my daughter was two years old. And so we uh, moved into it in May of 1999. Wow, that is incredible. So it was born from your heart and this love for a horse. And then how did it turn into what I'm seeing here today? Well, since I was a little girl, I'd always had this uh, inexplicable connection to horses. We, My mother, my father, no one in my immediate family had any uh, affinity for horses at all. And But the moment I was born, I was a horse girl. It was in my blood. I loved just seeing a hoof print on the pavement or on the stand, you know, when I would go to the beach. It was just this, This I was drawn to them. I worked at a stable when I was a little girl in Colorado. When I would go visit my dad, I was uh, 
blessed to be able to ride horses all summer long, bareback, you know, galloping across pastures, jumping creeks, and it was the highlight of my childhood. And so when I did get an opportunity to finally purchase a horse when I was 30 years old, it was just this uh, fulfillment of something I'd always dreamed of. And then I brought my horse out here, we started settling in, clearing the land, and then eventually people started asking me if I could keep their horse for them, or board their horse for them, or if I could give them riding lessons, or their children riding lessons, and a little bit at a time, I I started this journey of finding out more about horses, because when I was a little girl, and I rode them, I connected with them, but I didn't really know them, I didn't know how to take care of them, I, I just was drawn to them and them to me. There was a story somebody told me once about how I had gone out into the pasture and the horse I normally rode was hurt. So I just picked another one and I put a bridle on her and I jumped up on her back and off we went for the day. I came riding in the driveway that afternoon and my friend's father had a heart attack. This was an Arabian mare. No one rode this horse. She's dangerous. What are you? Oh my gosh. You know, this kind of a response. And I was shrugging my shoulders. I love her. I had a great time. So it just evolved over time of me seeing how happy people were when they were around the horses. And so I just wanted to do more of it. What I'm seeing here is something that is obvious that you were Basically, the universe just showed you this place and said, okay, you can take a pass or not, but it worked it through where you got it. And then everything else that's happened here has just been that outflow from that. Can you explain that? Can you put that into words? It's been incredible to uh, be a participant and watching it grow because I have nurtured it and I, there, my blood, sweat, and tears are in this land but I fully believe that it's a power beyond me that blesses this land and brings people to me. I have, on more than one occasion, have had uh, primarily women who have just been in a traumatic relationship or had a traumatic experience that uh, came to me, someone told them about me, and it would usually uh, several degrees of separation. someone that I didn't even know very well and they would come out and I would simply pull out one of my horses and ask them if they could please brush it for me and they would come back over and over again and I would watch as over time they began to heal they started walking straighter their shoulders were back their eyes came back up again they started to have a vitality about them again and at this time I wasn't even working with them I simply was asking the horses to help these folks. And uh, I noticed it happening also um, when mothers would come who were very anxious when they were bringing their children to me for riding lessons, that I would do the same thing. I would pull a horse out and I would say, could you brush her for me? I just haven't had time. And most mothers wanting to serve with, oh, of course, sure, I'll do that for you, you know. And then, of course, by the end of the riding lesson, they were in a completely different place. They were able to nurture their children again. They weren't overwhelmed. And so uh, the way that this place has grown in that direction is totally the universe, God blessing me with bringing these people to me and then me being able to help them. 
So it's almost like you've just been here, and this is a remote area. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no cell service out here. No. There's barely internet out here. I would imagine, I guess there is city water coming from somewhere. No, no city water. No, I water. have a well. Oh, it's, that's well water. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it, it's almost like you're sitting out here and the universe knows exactly your address. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing how many people find me and find this place who need it. So how did it turn into horse therapy? That is a wonderful question. Uh, when, again, I noticed that the horses were able to help people feel, I don't know, heal is such a, a mis, you know, misused and overused word. Mm-hmm. But the, the way that they would leave was so different than the way that they had arrived, and I knew it was something. And so I wanted to find out what that something was. I'm kind of a nerd about that. I like to know why. I'm not a just take it at face value kind of a person. I want to dig into it. And so I called a friend of mine who I knew was running a a barn uh, north of here and doing therapy. And she said, you have got to go to natural lifemanship training. And so I did. And that was in 2013. And my mind was blown. There and right in front of me was why. It's because we... As animals, as humans, we have a nervous system that is about connection. We must be in safe, connected relationships. And the way that we do that is to be in a place that's safe, to be grounded and present and know that we're safe. Our blood pressure is low, our heart rate is regulated. All of those things have to happen. And so I learned about the brain. I learned about the human brain, the horse's brain, and uh, the things like if you're standing next to a horse and a horse's heart rate is around 40 beats a minute, that our heart rate literally will slow down and regulate just being in the same space with a horse. And that's all neuroscience, right? That's our just being an animal on this planet. Um, connecting with another. So I learned all about that. And then I learned how it helps. So we work with uh, professional, licensed professionals. So they all have licenses, licensed professional counselors, psychologists, licensed social workers. That's who we work with out here. And so they were getting a lot of information about the horse and why the horse helps in the relationships. And I got a lot of information as an equine professional about what therapists do. And so it was this beautiful partnering of healing, right? Because that's what mental health is about, is healing our brains so that we can have a fuller life, a higher quality of life. Our relationships are better. We're more successful at work. All of those things that we need to do in this world are helped by therapy, in my opinion. Everybody needs therapy. Um, and then, in two, and I worked out there, actually was blessed to intern out there for seven months at the place north of me. And then I got my certification and in 2015 opened um, this space, the Ponderosita Ranch up, uh, which is Southwind Equestrian Center, to therapy teams. And it was, it's been an incredible journey. Again, just following your heart. Following my heart. I really wanted there to be more to it than riding lessons and horse training. I wanted the world to understand that when you are in a relationship with a horse, and you don't even have to like horses, you don't have to understand horses or know anything about horses, to have an experience with them that will leave you with something changed within your soul. A lot of people are so close to their animals, dogs, cats, you know, the domestic animals, some (laughs) non-domestic that have been domesticated. 
And I know that a lot of people feel like they can even talk to their pets. What is it about horses that's so special that, like, maybe isn't there with dogs, which you have several, and chickens and roosters and quite a number of other things. What is it about the horses? So horses have been around for as long as they have because of their ability to read intention. So if you think about it, if a, every time a predator walked by, a horse ran away, they wouldn't have any energy left when they really needed to run away. So I always give the example, if you close your eyes and you envision a herd of zebras in a valley, and just on the other side of the zebras is a beautiful uh, pond of water. And above the zebras up on the hill is a pride of lions. And a lioness gets up, shakes, and starts to walk towards the zebras. And she walks right down the middle of this herd of zebras, and they don't move. They continue to graze. And she walks down to the pond. She gets a drink of water. She turns around, walks back up, lays down next to her pride, and has a nap. She wakes up an hour later, shakes, looks down at the zebras, and they all run. What changed? Hunger. Exactly. Her intention. Now she's it's hunting. four o'clock. Yeah, she's yeah. hunting. And so she didn't say to them, hey, I'm about to come and eat you. She, her energy changed. Her mm. energy shifted from I'm going to casually walk down here and get a drink to now I am going to hunt. And so when we get into a relationship with horses ourselves, what happens is they help us understand whether or not we actually do have an intention. Oftentimes in our relationships with humans, that's what's going on. Nobody can get a read on us. We're checked out. We're disassociated. We're um, up stuck in our intellectual mind, spinning and spinning and spinning with thoughts. And our partners, our friends, our work associates can't really get a read on us, and they may not consciously understand that's what's happening, but subconsciously they are understanding that we don't have, we're not here, we're not present, we're not engaged in this relationship and what's happening right now. So horses teach us that. Horses teach us that healthy relationships happen when we're present, we're engaged, and we have clarity and intention in what we're doing. And the piece of it that humans struggle with is that intention can I do I know what my intention is can I communicate it with clarity and then can I stay in my intention until I get an answer or do I back off and drop the intention too quickly when did you learn this I learned this over time I learned it probably we all know it well, we know. We know. We all know this. It's it's a matter of stopping and understanding what's happening within our bodies. And that's all about tuning into physical sensations. And I started learning about that again in 2013 when I attended that training. And I started paying attention. And I spent a whole lot of time in relationship with horses that I asked nothing of them. I literally just spent time studying their behavior with each other. And... Please how they talk to each other and communicate with each other. The reason I ask that was I'm seeing two things going on here. The incredible, and I know it hasn't been effortless, but almost effortless way that this property has come together for the way that it is, the way that it looks, the way that it's used. And that has to have come from that, I'm just seeing that outflow of that same thing. You woke up one morning and you said, this is the way this is going to be. And it mm -hmm. started to unfold. 
Yes, and then seeing it as something that needs to be nurtured and loved because I truly believe that the grass and the trees and the leaves and the flowers and the birds and the wildlife, everything is connected to each other. And if if we start at the very base of the dirt and work our way up, then there's a, a symmetry, a synchronicity, if you will, to the dance. So you learn this incredible lesson through from the soul of a horse Yes, that your intentions are that powerful. All right, so what is horse therapy like? So horse therapy, the reason that it is so powerful is because it's an experiential, which means an experienced way. So in other words, our bodies physically are experiencing change, and we're creating new neuropathways in the brain. Um, I like to let everyone know your brain is malleable. It is until the day you die. There, Our brains can heal, and so we're not stuck in the old patterns. No matter what we've been through, what our childhoods were like, we can learn how to be in healthy relationships. We can learn how to heal from trauma. We can learn how to get out of the stuck place that sometimes, ever, especially after what's going on right now, um, where everybody feels anxious and depressed or de- detached, isolated, disconnected, that we can um, actually be here. And so what, what horse therapy does and make it different than talk therapy, and there's nothing wrong with talk therapy. It works really well also. But the thing about horse therapy is, A, we're outside. So we have biophilia kicking in. We've got the trees moving, the birds singing. And so immediately nervous systems start to settle down. We're no longer in the concrete jungle. Mm-hmm. We're out where we were created to be. It's only been within the last 300 years or so that human beings have walked inside and stayed there primarily instead of being outside, interacting with animals, growing things in the soil. And so that's the very first basic piece of working outside that helps us because we, instead of sitting in an office with someone and having to uh, get comfortable and relax, the moment you get out of your car and close the door, your brain and your nervous system automatically start to calm down. Your blood pressure drops, your heart rate drops, all of those things that your adrenaline and cortisol hopefully cut off and stop you know, getting us ready to fight, flight, freeze. <laughs> anyway, so horse therapy looks like uh, you get to go meet all 20 horses. You get to choose which horse you want to work with and learn from. You don't have to know anything about horses. Then we ask you to uh, start a relationship with your horse. And that looks like learning about each other, just like you would with any other relationship with a human. Everything we're doing is supposed to bridge over to human relationships. We're not creating horse whisperers. What we want to do is teach our clients how to have healthy relationships with themselves and with each other, meaning that you're good. Who you are is valuable. Who you are uh, is who the horse wants to connect to. So over time, we teach our clients how to make requests, how to have good, safe, healthy boundaries, how to communicate with clarity. Uh, But mostly, we teach our clients how to be present. Because when we're present, we're congruent. Our insides match our outsides. We are participating in life right here, right now in this moment and we're able to use our brain in such a way that's refreshing 
It's not all intellectual. It's not thinking. It's feeling and expressing and feeling sensations in your body, understanding what they're trying to tell you. And over time, we help folks learn to regulate those things. So instead of having this huge rush of emotion that causes anxiety and frantic behavior, you learn what's about to happen, right? Something has triggered you, a smell, a sight, a phone call, a text message, traffic, things that trigger us. We, you know what's about to happen, and so you're able to realize, okay, I, my chest just got really tight. It's time to breathe. And so we're teaching our clients how to be in charge of them. Yes, we want to feel emotions. Yes, we want to learn from them. That's where intuition comes from. That's where our gut is trying to lead us, is listening. All of these things we have, all of these tools we have to make choices and decisions and meet people. And is this person safe? And am I in a good environment? And should I take this job? All We need that present peace, that intuition. And that's what the horses teach us, how to get there and how to sustain it. When you are not being authentic and mm-hmm. you get around a horse, what does that horse see, feel, or reflect? If you are just literally standing there, they will ignore you. If you are dysregulated, however, you're, uh, in a, you're hiding something. So you show up and you just had a terrible fight with your partner, but you're pretending to be okay. They will actually be stressed. <laughs> They okay, will be anxious feel it. Mm-hmm. because they, they can feel how unhappy you are, sad, angry, resentful, whatever it is, but you're smiling. And that's dangerous to them. If you think about it, that is a wolf in sheep's Predatorial. clothing. Mm-hmm. So I could sit here and buffalo you all day long, mm-hmm. walk up that hill, and I'm standing there totally exposed. Yep, they won't let you get away with it, which is why it's so great for big... A quote unquote important businessmen and women to come up here and work with horses and my and some of the team building stuff we do because they can't hide it. So you could follow me up there, put me, drop me in amongst your twenty horses, and you would know exactly. <laughs> I would, but in a very kind way, I point out some patterns. Way, you are licensed. <laughs> <laughs> There's some patterned ways of uh, relationship behavior. Yes, so they they are wow. great. That's why they're so good to work with children. Because children don't know what an emotion is. You can't ask a child, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. We can't ask adults how they're feeling most of the time. They don't know. So working with a horse helps us help them learn how to regulate their emotions. And then adults, men especially, you get a man out here, he gets to wear his baseball cap, he gets to wear his boots, mm-hmm. right, and feel safe. He's not sitting in a room talking to somebody. And that horse doesn't let him get away with the same old spiel. Right? If his wife says, honey, I just want you to connect with me. And he's like, ah, here, here's a new Suburban. Then that's not really what she really wanted. She really wanted him to sit down, look her in the eyes, connect with her authentically, make her feel safe, and then say, how was your day? What can I do for you? How can I support you? Not buy her another Suburban. So the horses teach him what it feels like to be present, which is what she wants. To be connected to this horse helps him be connected to his wife or partner. Now, you've had a connection with these horses in your soul. You might have brought it with you. Are you able to talk to them? Can you communicate with them on a, on a certain level? I do. So you know what they're thinking? 
most of the time I can translate what they're telling me with their body language and their energy. Okay, so you get in the presence of the horse and you're not being authentic. How does that therapy path work itself out versus you're sitting in front of a very good PhD level therapist versus that path of how it might work out? I think there's a place for both. I think that the difference is the experiential piece. Again, the experiencing. A lot of times when we're in relationships with humans, whether the the PhD therapist knows it or is conscious of it or not, we bring our own baggage with us. And sometimes the baggage that we bring with us affects the relationship that we have with our clients and our ability to be with them, be present with them, be engaged with them, and really know what's going on. And if it's a client that has been in therapy for a long, long time, who has uh, trauma, who has attachment disorder, who has you know, any number of diagnoses, they're used to the same old spiel. And unfortunately, they get into that pattern of saying what they think someone wants to hear or how to, if it's, say, a veteran or a first responder, how do I answer what I'm supposed to say and get out of this so I can get a check mark and get back to work? Mm-hmm. The horses don't, aren't threatening in any way. So humans feel comfortable with them immediately. Horses don't come with an agenda. They don't manipulate. They don't remember something from their past that colors their experience that they're having right now. And so it's really an easy bridge to clients feeling comfortable and safe and feeling like they're being seen and being heard for who they are. Especially my my heart is first responders when a first responder or a veteran interacts with a horse they're seen for the first time in a long time. They don't have to be heroes, nor do they have to feel some sense of guilt about what they may or may not have done in the course of their job that was necessary. And so the horses help them realize that they're not scary, that they are safe to be around. So I guess it becomes kind of an experiential, uh, heart-based application, right? If we're talking to a therapist, we get good information, Intellectual, yes, neocortex input. And we go work with a horse, we, it molds our heart. Yes, and your soul. In addition to your brain, we'll call it your right brain, but the part of your brain that was created to guide you based on what you're experiencing in the moment. So how do you see that play out? Let's go back to our scenario. You just had, a, had it out with your partner or somebody at the office or uh, you know, a customer or whatever, and you come up here, and now you're standing in front of that horse. Hi, horse, you're smiling all big, and you're trying to put on the show, and yet you know inside you are just grinding it, right? Mm-hmm. How does that play itself out? What happens over the next hour or two? We, the first thing that we do is we ask our clients to recognize what's happening inside of them, and a lot of them can't. So we'll go into mindfulness work. We will ask them to go on a walk. We'll walk the labyrinth. We will ask do a body scan where we start with their toes and their connection to the earth and work our way up and actually kind of wake up the physical part of their body so that they can start tuning in to actually what's happening inside of them. And then we can actually target that area. It's really interesting when I do body scans with folks who have, who come to me and I know that they're in, uh, having some anxiety, 
where they're storing their anxiety, often if there's the stomach, the chest, the throat, jaw, shoulder. There's all kinds of places people store trauma and anxiety, pain. The horse will actually react when I get to that part. So if I'm saying, okay, now you roll your shoulders forward three times, take a deep breath. If it's their shoulders where they're storing it, that horse will actually react and show me that that's where they're storing it. Even if the client can't recognize that that's where they're storing it. And then what I can do is either uh, with under saddle work, which I actually put them on the horse on a bareback pad and we start walking and I get some nice passive regulation going on in their brain, then I can help them work through that. And we actually can untangle what happened uh, if and why it's causing so much tension and pain and anxiety. And is it real? Is it the truth? And breathing into it and acknowledging that it may be there, but it doesn't have to cause our emotions to completely go out of control. It doesn't have to control us. We can... We can tackle problems without them becoming something that we can't fathom, that take over our lives. So, And if we teach people to live in the moment every single time there's something that triggers them, some kind of pain or fight or confrontation of some sort or fear, then we teach them that if you can go and stand and understand that you're safe right here, right now, your body's not going to dump adrenaline cortisol into you and cause you to have the accelerated heart rate and blood pressure and feel so out of control. So it's all about how we live with what we're presented with. Do you have stories of people who came out here from the concrete jungle, brought that with them, resolved, worked through, took that back to the jungle successfully? I have lots of stories. Uh, one young lady in particular, the well, young lady, she's my age. <laughs> um, she and her husband had had a difficult relationship for a long time. It was her second marriage. She'd had a difficult childhood that had had some trauma. It affected her relationship with her husband. Uh, they both developed patterns in their relationship. And this had been going on for a long time. She'd been in therapy for six years, regular talk therapy for six years. And she came out here and... We worked with her and her horse, and over time, she learned what was happening, when, what was triggering her with her husband's behavior. Now, she couldn't change her husband. Right? That's the first thing we tell people. We're not going to like give you this magic recipe that you can go home with and say, okay, ta-da, now you're this person I have to deal with is better. Uh, we have to work with who we are, and so we taught her what was happening. And these were all patterns that came up from childhood. This was all a sense of helplessness when she was a little girl. And so she would overcompensate as an adult, try to be controlling of everything because back when she was a little girl, she couldn't control anything, right? So it was affecting her relationship and her husband had his own childhood experiences that has shaped the way that he dealt with things. And he was kind of, you know, if he felt like she was not quote-unquote respecting him it would trigger him and he would get bigger and louder and that would scare her she would trigger back into the little girl and she would want to run away and he would want to chase her to fix it and, you know so you he had this whole pattern going on where they kept getting in these big fights where and so what we had to teach her was what's happening is when you feel when you feel like you need to take control and you trigger him and then he comes back at you what you're doing instead of standing up and stating your case and saying 
you know, I'm sorry, but I really felt like this was a better idea or a plan. You're shutting down and running away. So you're not standing there in your request. You're not staying in the communicated state of mind of this isn't okay and I don't want to do it this way. Uh, And you're going away. And so when you go away, he wants to chase you and that scares you. So you shut down even further, which makes his nervous system scared that you're going to leave. Right. So then he gets scared. So so we've got all these emotions going on. And so if I could, if I, which we did, if we could teach her to stand there in this space, in this argument with her husband and be present and listen and be engaged and understand where he's coming from, then you're stopping that pattern because you're not shutting down and disassociating. You're not going away. You're staying there in it, even if it's uncomfortable. And then he doesn't feel the need to chase after you or to get louder and bigger because you're not leaving. Even if you're physically in the room, you know, people still can like check out. She, so we taught her not to do that anymore because when you do that with a horse, the horse is just will walk away. So if the horse, so what happens when we work with horses is the person in the relationship with the horse creates a relationship that mirrors a lot of the relationships she's, that she or he is having in real life with humans. Mm-hmm. So we get to watch that happening, unfolding, and then help them have a better relationship with the horse. So if someone gets pushed around in life, the horse is going to push him around. If wow. Yeah. So if, or if the person in life to get their way, they get big and loud. Well, of course the horse is going to go, eh, I don't like that very much. And the horse isn't going to be necessarily scared of them, but the horse isn't going to want to have anything to do with them either. We'll pull back. Mm-hmm. They'll walk away. Because we allow our horses, our horses have no halters on. They don't have a rope attached to them. We don't have them trapped. They don't know that. They could be anywhere. Yeah. They, they could be anywhere. World. Yeah, well, not here at this at this barn. Yeah. The horses are allowed choices. We yeah. we let them walk away. So they're free. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that you have to heal, reheal that relationship with that horse. So the horse isn't like the dog. The dog comes back again for more, right? Wagging mm-hmm. its tail and smiling at you. Yep. Not the horse, huh? No, a horse. If you damage your relationship with a horse, you have to go back and repair it. And so that's a beautiful thing about this work is people learn how to repair relationships and not walk away from them. And the horse will have to retrust you again. Yes, you have to. Well, you have to learn that it's not them, right? We can't blame broken relationships on the other person all of the time. So we teach people what's happening inside of their own bodies and their own behaviors that are affecting the relationships. And the horse teaches them it's not all the other person it's uh, some of it is you and so the horse teaches them how to how to have healthy relationships because the horse is so honest and so immediate in their response the moment you check out they walk away so then you've got to own it mm-hmm. you have to say oops sorry about that and clean it up mm-hmm. or not you can leave you can leave the gates open exactly you drive down the road go back yep. to your jungle Yep, but wow. they always come back. Anyway, after wow. a year, she was completely released from uh, from therapy. She has not come back except to visit, and she and her husband have a beautiful relationship. They have reconnected. Their children have all reconnected with both of them, too, because there was some you know, brokenness in the family as a result of the brokenness in the marriage, and they are in a totally different place. I've seen that happen over and over and over again. Now, you said you work with therapists here. Yes. So some local Austin area therapists yes. bring mm-hmm. people here, they come do. here? 
Yes. How does so, that work? So I essentially lease my office space and the Ponderosita Ranch yeah. to the therapists for them to come and bring clients out here and work with the horses. And the boarders who are out here have graciously uh, allowed us to partner with their horses. Oh, wow. To bring this to folks. It's, it's so good for the horses. And it's so good for us. Now, one of the things that I'll have to say here is we are very much uh, attuned to equine welfare. So we are constantly monitoring our horses. We, that's why I said we ask them. We give them choices. You know, when they all know when their client drives up, they're standing at the gate waiting. Oh, my. And we watch. And we know if they're not, we'll investigate. Is something going on? You know, do we need to cut back on the number of clients that this horse has? Do we need to take the horse out of the therapy program altogether? Are they burned out? Because if, you know, you think about it, this work is really, can be really, really hard on horses. They are very much about taking on some of our energy, some of our energy that we're trying to heal, some of our broken energy, and they will take it on for us, and we just have to practice being completely tuned into our horses during the sessions and afterwards to make sure that they're okay. So they're empathic, we would mm-hmm. say. Yes, very much so. And you have to, just like with a human. Just like therapists need to take care of themselves and understand that their job is very difficult, we have to do the same thing for the horses. So for folks listening to this, I know we've, we have quite a few Central Texas listeners. Uh, if they're listening and would like to get in touch, how would they do that? I am. My website is southwindequestrian.com. The name of the facility that we operate under is South Wind Equestrian Center. So it's four words. South Wind are two separate words. I'm on Instagram at Southwind Equestrian, and my Facebook page is Southwind Equestrian Center. And my name is Kelly Jones. And then if people are in the area but they don't live here, can you do anything in a, in a passing by here for a day or two kind of thing? Absolutely. If you go to my website, you'll see you're on the first page, make an appointment. I, I give tours, and I also work with um, individuals and couples, and I work do group events. If you have a family and you want to bring your family out, uh, we do hands-on horse experiences. I do team building and leadership development for small companies. Uh, oh, wow. Up to 25 people I can wow. work with at a time. It's so amazing to work with horses in a team from work because this is not a PowerPoint. You're not sitting in a room. This is actually learning how to connect to each other as a team and learn each other's roles and how important they are to reach a goal, a common goal, because you're still going to be a team after you finish that project. How totally cool. It's super cool. I have to say so myself. (laughs) It's really amazing. Okay, I guess in closing, let's talk about the little encounter that I had up here. Okay. So uh, Kelly was giving me the tour and explaining, and we were standing in front of, uh, what, three or four horses, I guess, that were in there. And one of them all of a sudden raises his head and starts walking right over to to the gate. And we were 10 or 12 feet away from the gate, and I just had to go over, and Kelly was explaining a little thing to me, and I was like, this is connection right here. This horse came over to connect. What happened there? Well, rumor was the horse that came over to you, and rumor is one of the wise souls on this 
property. And I think at the time you and I were talking about connection yeah. and the difference between, you know, being authentically connected to yourself and to others. And when we literally, when we stop and recognize and are grateful for authentic connection with nature, with each other, it fills our hearts. And when they recognize that, they're drawn to it. I have drum circles out here, and when people get regulated and start to really enjoy being outside, the horses just come over and oh wow, and they're just a part of what we're doing. And so that, he could feel that he felt that came over to he to came be a over part of it. He did. <laughs> Wanted he did. in on some of that. He did. He wanted you to know he recognized it. Oh, that's so cool. I'm going to go back back up there in a little bit and spend some time with him. Okay. So. Another thing, you mentioned the grounds themselves and told me up there that somebody who probably is pretty in tune with energy said that all around Austin, no happy land, happy land. Yes. Isn't that wild? Yeah, biggest comp- one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten was she said, your land is happy. That is too cool. It's super cool. And I, I noticed, I was mentioning earlier, this doe uh, walked up and greeted you when you arrived and I, I didn't raise her. I mean, right she's, there by the Jeep. I mean, yeah, right she's, there. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, she was right here. And I didn't raise her. She isn't there. I, it was, it's, it's one of those universe things. Because about four years ago, I was standing close to my house gardening, and she just walked up to me hmm. and touched my hand. That's your little, your little deer. Yeah, and she's an older doe. Yeah. And she is very unique. Her head is really a dark gray, so I always know which one she is. But I w- it was really interesting to me that she greeted you. Yeah. I've been talking to your chickens and your rooster, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the same thing. When I do retreats out here, I do uh, mindfulness and spiritual retreats out here, and the chickens all gather around us. I had been in the jungle, I've got to admit. And, of course, with this quarantine, you know, has oh. been really, I think, reshaping our mindsets. And I know myself well enough to know, like, when I lived in Dallas and I would go fishing or go to the mountains, how long would it take to get out of Dallas? Mm -hmm. And I was wondering that about here. How long would it take to get out of Dallas and just be present here? And I guess guess Radar kind of gave a little bit of approval that maybe I'm doing all right. (laughs) I think so. That is great. Kelly, thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I've got a way of closing these podcasts. I've been doing it since 2013. It's to say, enjoy the journey. I know that that probably means a lot to you. Would you just tell everybody and, and give them that greeting on the way out? Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.